Hello, everybody, and welcome back to First and Goal, the hardest hitting up and coming ACC and SEC football podcast on the internet today. It is Tuesday, October the 11th in the year 2022, and we have got yet another week of good college football under our belts. We're here tonight to review this past week's game. We're going to do another episode later in the week, giving our previews and our hot takes and all that. But uh, before we go any further, let me go ahead and introduce my co-host, as always, the one, the only, Big Rob. What's going on, everybody? Another beautiful day in the neighborhood, another week coming down. It hurts my heart to know that we're halfway through, but man, what a wonderful week of football it was, what great games there was. I can't wait to dig into it, man. Absolutely, absolutely, man. It's been a really good weekend of football. There's a lot of surprises, honestly. Um, I was off on several of my score predictions. I believe this is my most inaccurate week so far. As far as teams pulling off wins, I did not think would do it. We had a few close ones still in there, but uh, it just—it was a good weekend, man. Yes, man. Yeah, man. I mean, there was just there was so much going on, and there was a lot of things that happened that. We really just didn't didn't foresee coming, man. And, I mean, this was the week of backup quarterback also. You had, I believe, it was four or five teams that were that had backup quarterbacks in or their starter got hurt and they ended up coming in and, you know, either winning the game for them or, you know, just trying to, to maintain. So, it was just a great week, interesting week. It was, it was. It was also a great week for – Teams to go out there and show their culture, you know, <laughs> not, not the climate, but the culture. Yes, sir. I had to throw that out there, man. <laughs> throw a little shade. As a Carolina fan, it was a great weekend. <laughs> going on the road, taking down number 13, and watching Mark Stoops eat crow. Oh, absolutely, man. Such a great night <laughs> as far as that goes. The the videos that came out after the fact, the, the pictures of Mark Stoops and Shane Beamer shaking hands at the middle uh, at the 50-yard line, it was just it was great. It was great, and, and it gives birth to another great rivalry game. Oh, it really does. I mean, South Carolina and US, USC, the real USC, they already had a little bit of a rivalry before that, but let's just be honest. After that post-game thing in the locker room, I mean, Beamer is going to be hated by Kentucky fans for a long time to come, no doubt. Oh, absolutely. I know I'm originally from Eastern Kentucky, so I know a lot of people who are Kentucky fans. And just the fact that I got to talk a little bit of trash to them over the weekend, it, it just made everything great. Yeah, I guarantee it, man. <laughs> I guarantee it. Well, uh, with all that being said, man, let's go ahead and go through the weekend's results in ACC and SEC, and we'll throw these scores out. We're going to break down our games and let it rip. Which one you want to start with? We'll start over in the ACC. All right. All right. So we'll start out at the very beginning. We got Louisville taking on Virginia. Louisville wins the game 34-17. Virginia Tech took on a pit team this weekend that just dominated 45-29. Duke and Georgia Tech. What a close game that really was, man. 20-23, Georgia Tech wins it. You've got North Carolina and Miami, 27-24. North Carolina takes that win. And then Clemson beats Boston College, 31-3. Wake Forest wipes out Army, 45-10. And North Carolina State barely beats Florida State, 19-17. Yeah, man, that's a lot of good scores there. 
There was definitely a few I was wrong on. I predicted Virginia to beat Louisville, I figured. Just the direction Louisville was trending in, it didn't look too good. And damn, they went out there and surprised me. Took that one away from Virginia. Tony Elliott and Virginia Cavaliers, I don't I don't know what the hell's going on up there. It's, it's a mess. Yeah, yeah. And it's more of a, a culture problem right now. Nobody's really buying in on the team, it doesn't seem like. Your quarterback's not in sync with your wide Defense is just, I don't know, man. I mean, that's what happens, though, when you take over a team and talk about changing a culture that don't need to be changed. Yeah, I have to agree with you there. I mean, with Bronco Mendenhall, it was messed up the way he left team. He kind of left them high and dry. They have had several good runs there last year. They had a great season. I was really looking forward to seeing there, honestly, with them. Yeah. And he just kind of peeled out and left them. But then – Tony Elliott came in there talking about how he's going to fix the culture of the program and everything else. It's like, dude, this team, this ain't a bad football team. It's a very good football team you're taking over. I don't know if I'd be trying to change something that's not broken. And this is a classic case of why you probably shouldn't try to change something that's not broken because you might mess it up. If it ain't broke, don't fix it, man. That offense definitely wasn't broke. You let a key piece go to, a, to an opposing team. And now your offense just is putting up 17 points against the Louisville team. A very bad Louisville team. Yeah. It's just an ugly showing. And then on top of that, this Virginia Tech game, Pittsburgh, I got to tell you what, this is an extremely frustrating game, man, because I keep hoping that the Hokies are going to turn it around. And it's like, man, they're so close. You can feel it's just like, man, they're right there. Yep. And it's just like the West Virginia game all over again. I mean, they – Hung in there till halftime, was really putting up a good fight, looking like it's going to be a great ball game. But at halftime, hell, I said, I was like, man, me and you was both sitting back there by the grill. Yep. I said, damn, Virginia Tech's making a game out of this thing. Yeah, I mean, it really was a great game. Um, you know, up to that point, and all of a sudden, it's just that running game of Pitt just took over and dominated. Yeah, it really did. I mean, hell, they had. Over 300 yards to tailback, dude? Yeah, over 300 yards rushing. And that that's extremely disheartening, man, because Brent Pry, you're looking at was supposed to be a defensive genius coming in here, and the defense looked really great up to this point. Man, it just – it really gave way. But at the same time, they only converted, I think it was four third downs in the game. Yeah. So, I mean, it just – the offense has got to do the part. Yeah, they put up some points in this one. But you got to stay on the field. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. You got to, you got to convert those third downs and give your defense time to rest. When when those big guys are winded, man, they it's really hard to move around and make a stop. Yeah, it really is. So you just you hate it for it. But absolutely, man. And you know, going into it, we both were big on Virginia Tech. We were both big on Brent Pry. And I'm still a Brent Pry fan. I think he's going to do good things at Virginia Tech. He just needs some time. Yeah, I got to agree with you, man. I think it's the Shane Beamer approach, if you will. Or not Shane Beamer, the Frank Beamer approach, if you will. It's going to take a little time to fix. I mean, the recruiting of the program was absolutely in shambles. Oh, yeah. They got there. So it's going to take some time to build the roster back up. You do have a lot of buy-in from the guys. A lot of positive reviews coming from the team. and 
they play with a lot of heart, man. They don't give up. They do fight in every game to them. Yeah, absolutely. So it's just it's going to take a little bit of time, that's all. Yep, absolutely, man. How about this Duke-Georgia Tech game? This game was really a good game all the way up to the end, man. Both teams fighting. No, the hell it was not. You don't think it was? I really thought it was. Duke didn't show up till after halftime, really in the fourth quarter. For me, they both were playing a good, good game. The defense down by three possessions. Down by three possessions, yes. Going into, I believe it was the third quarter, fourth quarter. Yeah, they was playing a hell of a game, wasn't they? But the offense was moving the ball. They were just getting stopped, you know, here and there. But Duke came back in that fourth uh, fourth quarter, pulled up their jock strap, tied their shoes, and went to work. They got a good um, punt return or touchdown. And then they were able to score a touchdown, but then it just they just couldn't make up that room, man. I mean, Georgia Tech, hell of a ball team, you know, with what they were doing. But all in all, I, I still say this was a good game. How the hell it finished? It was a terrible game first and foremost. <laughs> I don't give a damn. How the hell is it good? Trailing by three touchdowns. Yeah, that's a great game there. <laughs> that's a great game, let me tell you. They didn't give up. No, they, they didn't give up. I'll give them that. I guess the bus finally got there at halftime, and the real team got off the bus <laughs> and decided they was going to go out and go to work. But it just – they came up short. But at the same time, not to take away from Georgia Tech, man, because, I mean, you started off the year looking horrendous. I mean, absolutely horrendous. And since your interim coach has taken over, you're, what, 2-0? and Yeah. 2-0. and And, I mean, you beat Pittsburgh last week. Yeah. Good team in the ACC. The defending ACC champions. Yeah. You beat Duke this week, who's looking like a very strong ACC contender this year. Yeah. I mean, really, the sky's the limit for Georgia Tech second half of the season. I mean, don't get me wrong. You ain't contending for an ACC title at this point. Oh, no. You can really piss off and mess up a lot of other people's seasons on the way, though. So Absolutely. You know, let's be honest. You're still eligible. I mean, not really el- You're still able to make a bowl game. You're still on the hunt. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that there 100%. I mean, this is a great opportunity to build some momentum for the rest of the year. And, hell, if the interim coach becomes the head coach, you've really got some really positive building stones going into next year. Oh, absolutely, man, absolutely. You could tell this interim coach absolutely <coughs> loves this team, loves being a part of the team, man. Well, he, they pl- were, he used to play for it. Yeah. They were talking there before the game started about interviewing this guy, and he was talking about how he's used to having to go do the assistant coaches things, get things ready, and he just he, he, it was like he didn't know what to do as a head coach. He had to, I believe he said it was Chris Winkie, the quarterback's coach, had to go out there and you know direct them on, hey, you just got to be a head coach, man. Don't worry about this assistant job. We got you. Absolutely. Absolutely. But hate to see Elko and Duke go down, but at the same time, I mean, this week, you're playing North Carolina. Yeah. So, I mean, what better time for a wake-up call? Absolutely. Right before a big rivalry game. Absolutely, man. North Carolina-Duke, always a great game to watch, always a rivalry. So we're going to see what happens here, definitely. Absolutely. All right, well, on to this next game, Bo. How about North Carolina Tar Heels taking down Miami 27-24? Drake May continues 
to be the golden boy at North Carolina, don't he? Hell, he's he's a freshman and he looks like the best quarterback in ACC. Don't. I mean, <coughs> we were hyping up Dennis Leary. We were hyping up Devin Leary. Or yeah, Devin Leary. Excuse me, sorry. We were hyping up Devin Leary. We were hyping up Van Dyke. We were hyping up all these guys. Sam Hartman. Sam Hartman. And Drake May said, hey, let me put my name in a hat. Yeah, I mean, realistically, this is supposed to be the year of the quarterback in the ACC. And damn, if a freshman comes out of nowhere, and he, I mean, realistically, he looks like the best quarterback in the division right now. I mean, he has just looked absolutely sensational. And a true freshman at that. Absolutely, man. Don't forget his wide receiver, his favorite target, Josh Downs. That kid is special, too. He's special, but just – I really have been blown away. I, I call it. You Once did? Season start, I said there's a lot of talk going on around this North Carolina program, a lot of information coming out of bills. A lot of people are saying this kid, Drake May, could very well – could be better than what the program had last year. Sam Howe, who was a third-round, I believe, NFL quarterback. Third round, yeah. And a lot of people were thinking he was going to be a first round. He had a little bit of a down year. But uh, yeah. Sam Howell, who owns all the records at the school. And, I mean, so far, this kid has come in here. And got people saying, Sam who? Yeah. I, I mean, mean, hell, North Carolina right now is 5-1. and one. Yeah. 5-1. and one. Absolutely. I mean, you're only one game away from your end, your end record last year. Yeah. And I believe they're not done winning yet. No. They've still got a lot of wins under the belt, I think. Absolutely, absolutely. Miami, on the other hand, I don't understand what's going wrong. You started off looking red hot. Maybe we all just bid in on the hype. I know I bid in on the hype. Uh, yeah, yeah. Miami just, this offense, man, it's just, it's not doing what it needs to do. This is not the same explosive offense last year with Tyler Van Dyke. I'm not sure what's going on with Van Dyke this year. It's just it's a tale of two different quarterbacks. And I mean it's a tale of two different quarterbacks while the game's going on. Me and you was talking about earlier. Yeah. I mean, one play he looks like the Heisman candidate coming into the season. And then two plays later, I mean, he looks like a true freshman who's never taken a snap before, just panicking and Yeah. One thing that drives me crazy about Van Dyke. And I don't know why he's reverted back to doing this because I didn't see it last year. But he keeps staring down his wide receiver. He really don't try to look coverage off or go through his progressions. He picks one, and he goes with it. Yeah, he's definitely not moving his head around like what you would like to see to try to pull the safeties off of receivers and stuff like that. He's locking on. It's been a bit of an issue. And he just he hasn't looked comfortable no. this year. He's not looked comfortable at all. And also, this offense coming in this year was going to be more of a grinded-out type offense, run the ball down your throat. <laughs> and unfortunately, they have not been able to really run the ball effectively to this point. So, No, they really haven't. And part of that problem, too, is they've had some injuries on that offensive line. They're, they've gone from seniors down to redshirt sophomores, redshirt freshmen that they're playing. And that's, that's not any excuse, I know, but – when you don't have that, when you don't have the games played under your belt like that, that does make it a little bit rough. No, it absolutely does. It absolutely does. It's just, it's really frustrating, man. It's, 
because you seen how great he did, and then now he's starting to regress. And yeah, really struggle, and you hate it for the kid, and you hate it for the team and the fan base, and that's something. And then another thing also that really drove me nuts with this game is you got North Carolina third down. <laughs> you got them in great field position to stop them. I mean, deep, deep, deep in their own territory. Yep. And Drake May just slings one over the top, 70, I think it's 75 yards to the house. Yep. And this is the same stuff that kept happening two weeks ago when you lost to Mid-Tennessee State. You get them to a third down, hell, on a fourth down. Deep in their territory, and they just sling one over the top and just take it to the house. Like, I don't understand what the hell's going on here. I mean, it's, it's almost like those D-backs just have a mind block about them when they're third and 20, third and 24, that there's no way they can get it over the top to get a first down. But lo and behold, look what happens. I'm not even saying third and long. I'm just saying deep in on territory. It seems like whenever they got them backed up against their own goal line. Mm-hmm. It seems like they're more worried about getting pressure on the passer and just I, I don't I don't know what the hell the deal is, but I mean they just they blow coverages awful. Yeah. When they're deep in their own the opposing team's deep in their own territory. Yeah. There was one throw in particular that I remember. Drake May was rolling around and he was just about to get sacked and he actually threw off his back foot. And actually made the completion to the wide receiver for like 20, I want to say 25, 30-yard touchdown. It was in the second quarter, I believe. Yeah. It's, I just I don't know. This secondary for Miami has not, not looked too hot at, all. at all. And it really disappoints me, too, especially when you got Ed Reed down there, man. Yeah. I just, man, you hate to see that. You know, he's pulling his hair out. Oh, I guarantee it. <laughs> not to mention Jason Taylor on staff, too. Well, defensive lines look pretty good now. You can't, knock, you can't knock Jason Taylor's D-line. They have looked pretty impressive <laughs> to this point. That's true. But that's about the only thing that's looking impressive with that defense. Talk about impressive. Let's move on to the next uh, Clemson-Boston College game. How about them Clemson Tigers? Best team in ACC right now. And arguably top two, maybe top three defense in the nation. They just get better. Every week. I don't know how they do it, but they keep getting better every week. Oh, absolutely, man. Absolutely. This defensive line is one of the best I've seen in years. The linebacking core, I mean, I would even dare say that they're they're better than Clemson was two or three years ago. Oh, absolutely, man. I mean, this drives me insane as a Carolina fan because it's just like last year. (laughs) It's just like last season. They start off the season kind of rough, not looking all that hot, and I'm over here just – Rubbing my hands together like a used car salesman, getting ready to close the deal. I'm like, hot damn, looky here. <laughs> it is our time. Yes, sir. Let's go. And then happy days are coming last. Yes. And then <laughs> here we are, six weeks in the season. I'm like, ah, oh, shit. <laughs> here we go again. Yeah, absolutely, man. But yeah, this Clemson team beats out of Boston College 31 to 3. Let's be honest. Boston College did play a pretty decent game up till about halftime. And then it just went to the crapshoot. Boston College. I don't know what happened down there. Or excuse me, up there. I don't know what the hell <laughs> happened. But this used to be offensive line university. Oh, yeah. 
The NFL used to always come in and get offensive line from Boston College. They've always had a great offensive line every year going to the draft. That's not going to be the case this year. Oh, hell no. I don't know what's going on up there, but the offensive line play has not been bad. And see, a lot of times you can say it's on the quarterback. The offensive line catches the heat a lot of times when they don't deserve it. Mm -hmm. This is one of them rare scenarios where it's on the line. I mean, hell, during the Clemson game, they snapped the ball. And within two seconds, three out of four down linemen in the backfield. Yeah. But, hell, let's be honest. Clemson has done that to a lot of teams. They have. I mean, Boston College got cleaned off the field by Virginia Tech. <laughs> yeah. A rebuilding Virginia Tech. It's just, I don't know what, I don't know what's going on with Boston College. I, I hate it for them because in 2020, man, they looked extremely impressive. Then last year, had a lot of hope for them. I don't sound good. No, not at all. Make it loud here in just a minute. But uh, last year, you started off with a high hopes for him. Jerkovic goes down with an injury, lose some games, and then Jerkovic comes back and start winning again. But it didn't look exactly right. Coming in this year, saying, "All right, you got Phil Jerkovic, hundred percent healthy. You got Flowers. I think his name is Zay Flowers, receiver. Yep, yep. back, hundred percent healthy." long as we keep these guys healthy, we got something special. And so far, it's been a disaster. And they're doing, it seems like they're doing everything they can to not keep them healthy. They're not protecting them at all. At all. At all. And the, the crazy thing about it is that, just a second. Yeah. Sorry about that. News was going to be loud. I didn't want to talk over that that sign. But the crazy thing about it is we all thought Jerkovic was going to come in and claim the crown to be the best quarterback in the ACC, or one of the best. But, again, it's like invasion of the body snatchers. The offensive line isn't really giving him time to get set. He's not able to, to get out and run like he was able to last season. It's just, I don't know. It's just crazy things are happening at Boston College this year. Yeah, it just feels like every game they're going to, it feels almost like they're just asking Jerkovic to carry him, like, here, here you go. Go win a football game. And it's just, it's not going to work that way. It's not. No. Not at all. Not at all. I mean, could Boston College rebuild next year absolutely but that if you ask my opinion i think this season's pretty well done yes at this point all you're trying to do is just build momentum for next year yeah absolutely absolutely right, let's go ahead and move it on to the wake forest game talk about that army game i don't know what i'll say about this game besides <laughs> Just Wake Forest rolling. The Wake Forest defense showed up, played the, yeah. played the hearts out in that game. But, uh, I mean, Sam Hartman completing 15 of 19 passing, almost 250 yards, mm -hmm. touchdown. And Sam Hartman doing Sam Hartman things. Exactly. I mean, on to the next one pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Florida State, North Carolina State. 
I wanted to watch this game so badly. I was so excited for this game. And I don't know why, but for whatever reason, I was so bored. <laughs> I don't know what it was. I mean, it just – it seemed like both offenses just absolutely struggled to get a whole hell of a lot going in this game. Mm-hmm. Devin Leary goes down with an injury. And when that happened, I pretty much said, oh, it's over. NC State was already trailing. Mm-hmm. And – Somehow they found a way to pull it out to get this 19 to 17 win. But uh I just I don't know, honestly, with both these programs. I feel like both these programs right now are having a little bit of an identity issue. Both started off red hot. And both of them after getting punched in the mouth first time look like neither one of them was ready to bounce back, honestly. <laughs> I agree. I agree. This both teams defensively had a decent game. NC State, just at the end of the game, they, they came back to win it. And I mean you gotta give you gotta give the backup quarterback the you know the fist pound for this one with you know the nerves of steel that he had. But about to get loud again, but uh, yeah, just the nerves of steel, the um, just the just the essence of being a professional, or a, not a professional, but a you know quarterback coming in. He, he was ready for his role. Yeah, he really was. The light was not too bright for him. He went out. I mean, they pulled out a win. So yeah, I don't know what more you can say. No, not really much more you can say. But uh, yeah, they're just a game, uh, just a, a decent game overall. But really, one just too boring to watch. Yeah, absolutely, man. Let's move on over to the SEC, shall we? Absolutely. There we go. All right, all right. Sorry about it. Y'all had to check on the neighbors real quick and sirens went flying by and had me a little worried. Had to walk outside and make sure everything was good down the street. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You got to be a good neighbor when it comes to things like that. You never know what the hell's going on in the world today. Hey, man, down here, down here in South Carolina, low country, man. Don't get me wrong. I don't live in no neighborhood or nothing like that. I live in a little small town out here, farm town. But uh, everybody knows everybody. If you see an ambulance down the road, man, you make sure your people are good. Yes, sir. Absolutely. But uh, let's roll on into this SEC football. Yes, sir. Let's talk a little SEC football. You want to go through the scores or you want me to? Yeah, I'll roll through them. All right. All right. Arkansas taking on Mississippi State. More Cal Bell. Let me tell you what the Cal Bell showed up. They showed out. Will Farrell was going eight shit somewhere, no doubt in my <laughs> mind about it. Mississippi State blew Arkansas, slapped out in the water, 40-17. to 17. After that one, you got Missouri taking on the Florida Gators. They went to the Swamp. They went to the swamp. They got bit. Yep. Lost the game 24-17. Another one dropped by Eli Drinkwitz in the last couple weeks. And I got to tell you, this fan base is unhappy. I hope they give him time. I still think he's the right man for the job up there in Missouri. He's got some characteristics. I don't like Eli. <laughs> I've been open about that to this point, I do believe. But I think he is building something there. Wow. 
but I don't know if he's going to run out of time first. But after that game, we got Tennessee going down to Baton Rouge, Death Valley, taking on the LSU Tigers, or as Brian Kelly calls them, them Tigers. <laughs> but <laughs> they played like them Tigers. Yes, them Tigers. <laughs> but uh, I believe Tennessee just threw Rocky Top in a suitcase and brought him with them. Because I'll tell you what, this whole stadium. Was singing Rocky Top. I've never seen another stadium full of the opposing team's crowd like this before, especially in, in Death, Death Valley. Valley. <laughs> I've never ever seen or heard of this, but Tennessee rolls LSU forty to thirteen. Yes, sir. Rocky Top sung from the mountains all the way to the swamps. Yeah, but a very bad game for LSU. <laughs> all right. Following game after down there, we got the Auburn Tigers taking on the Georgia Bulldogs. They went in between the hedges. The Auburn they went in there as the Auburn Tigers. They left as the Auburn Alley Cats. <laughs> got their asses tore up, forty-two to ten, and somehow, some way, Brian Harson still your head coach. <laughs> that man's hanging in there like hair in a biscuit. I'll tell you what. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Like you said, man, Auburn went in there. Got the asses whooped, came out as the Bobcats. They didn't come out as the, as the Tigers, it was the Bobcats. They got the that wasn't even Bobcat, that was Alley Cat. <laughs> Bobcat got a little too much spunk. There you go. But uh, next game up, we got Ole Miss taking on Vandy right there in Nashville, Tennessee. Mm -hmm. I'm tell you what, Vandy put up a hell of a fight. They did. They put up a hell of a fight. Put up a good fight. They was leading at halftime. I was like, damn, look at Vandy. Look at Vandy. Lane Kiffin's never going to hear the end of this. Great God, this is going to be a good day. <laughs> Ole Miss woke up, took it back home with them, though. 52-28. to 28. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It was a good one. After that one there, we got South Carolina Gamecocks traveled up to Lexington, Kentucky. And I'm going to tell you what. One team had culture, one team had climate. The crowd was rocking <laughs> in Kentucky. They had a hell of a climate up there. Mm -hmm. I'll give them credit. That, that was the loudest I think I've ever heard of Kentucky Stadium. Yep. But it was not enough. Minus Will Levis, you, your hopes of winning the SEC East or even finishing second in the SEC East at this point are dwindling very quickly. Yep. South Carolina takes it 24-14. Last but not least, we had the epic showdown of the week. The big hate fight. The hate <laughs> game. I'm going to call it the hate game. The hate game. St. Nick versus Fast Talking Jimbo. <laughs> and I thought this was going to be a massacre. And somehow, someway, Texas A&M made this one hell of a ball game. Yes, sir. Granted, Alabama did not have Bryce Young playing. Sat this game out due to that shoulder injury. Mm -hmm. But Texas A&M, I mean, they played all four quarters. They played their asses off. Hayes King played probably the best game he's ever going to play in his life. Probably. And it, they still just came up short, 24-20. Yeah, yeah. Almost disappointing on behalf of Texas A&M there because they, they had a chance at the end. They damn sure did, man. I mean, they, they put up a hell of a fight. They just... 
when it mattered most, they just couldn't seal the deal. Yeah. Where would you like to start? Let's go back to the beginning. Let's start with old Arkansas and Mississippi State. Cowbell. Gotta have more cowbell. Man, this Mississippi State team just dominated from from the gates opening. They took the field and just never looked back. Well, it really didn't. I'm going to tell you what. After Mike Leach finally decided this year, he, he made his mind up, he's going to commit to the run game, mm-hmm. which is very unlike Mike Leach. It makes this team so dangerous because they already have Will Rogers. They can already throw the ball. They got our receiver. What's his name? Duck. Yep. Does a little duck dance every time he scores. <laughs> I, I want to see him score every game just so I can see that dance. It's hysterical. <laughs> but uh, they just ran the ball down Arkansas's throat, threw the ball when they wanted to. They, they had their way with them. They just bullied them. Yeah. Beat them in every phase of the game. And I did not see this coming. Really humbling experience for Sam Pittman in the crowd. But hopefully Arkansas can get this thing turned around. Still salvage a pretty good season. But Mississippi State, man, this is just this is a huge threat to the West. Oh, absolutely. I mean, if you're Alabama, you you got to be sweating right now. Absolutely, man. Mississippi State is on a roll. They've got full momentum going in. They Their offense, I mean, you call it. Running game, bar none. You've got Will Rogers back there in the passing game. Got a cannon. Wide receivers that can catch the ball. Defense that ain't afraid to play hard nose. I mean, they, they've got it all. And I'm telling you, Alabama, watch out. The cowbell's coming. I got a fever. Only prescription is? More cowbell. Got to have more cowbell. That's right. <laughs> all right. Well, that began being done. Let's talk about us here in Missouri, Florida. Yes, sir. Missouri, Florida. Another game going down into the swamp. And all in all, it was really a boring game, too, in my opinion. It was. It was. I mean, they just they couldn't stop Anthony Richardson. No. Could not stop the Florida Gators' rushing attack, period. No. Florida ran the ball right down the throat, which is not what you want to see if you're Missouri. I mean, hell, you just played toe-to-toe with Georgia. Yep. I mean, gave Georgia everything they wanted and then some. Yep. And then you come up short against Florida, and it's like, man, the Auburn game, you just right there. Mm-hmm. It's just so frustrating because it's like every week, I feel like I'm talking about Georgia Tech last year. Yeah. It's like, damn it, man. So close yet so far away, man. You can taste. You can almost taste the win for this game if you're Missouri. But, I mean, when it comes down to it, you, you're going to have to step it up and score when you get close. You can't settle for field goals. No, you really can't. Can't. You, you just really can't, man. I mean, especially when – Especially when you're a team that is playing all these close games up. And if you turn some of these field goals into into touchdowns, man, I mean, it's going to make the games closer. And, you know, even get you over the, over the top. No, without a doubt, dude, without a doubt. But um, 
it's just frustrating. One, one touchdown short. Yep. But for Florida on the other side, Billy Napier, man, I mean, Florida's been kind of under the radar they really this whole have. season. They lost that game to Kentucky, but, I mean, besides that, I mean, you got a pretty damn impressive win yeah. over I mean, Utah to start the year, and, I mean, you've just been plucking them off. Yeah. I mean, you got you were a blip on the radar coming into that Kentucky game. Kentucky beats you, and I think that actually did Florida a favor right there. They took them out of the spotlight, took all eyes off of them, and they can go and do their own thing and get right back up there. And at the end of the year, people's going to be like, where did this Florida team come from? No, they really are, man, because that's what I'm saying. I mean, they're just steady one by one plucking them off. I mean, you hung in there with Tennessee, mm-hmm. lost by five points to them. You lost to Kentucky. Besides that, I mean, hell, right now you're sitting at one, two. You're sitting at four and two on season. Mm-hmm. Two games away from bowl game. I mean, that's a respectable record right now for a first-year head coach. Absolutely. I mean, you got LSU coming up this upcoming weekend. If you can find a way to pull that one out. And I mean, that is a very winnable game. I put you at five and two. Yep. Gives you a little bit of a nice little winning streak going into the Georgia game. Yep. And, I mean, in Georgia, let's be honest, man. I mean, even in the Auburn game, they didn't really, they really didn't pull off in that game until the second half. Right. Who's safe Florida couldn't mess around and upset Georgia? Absolutely, man. Just something in my gut tells me that Georgia's going to have at least one loss before the bowl game started. Before conference championships. Yep. Yeah, they keep messing around. They're going to slip up and lose one, no doubt. But on to the next one. On the next. Tennessee, LSU. Oh, Rocky Top, you'll always be home sweet home to me. Get out. <laughs> Good old Rocky Top. I'll unplug it, Mike. <laughs> I got all the controls right here. <laughs> all right, all right. All right. <laughs> Thank you. No problem. Let's just be honest. Not a whole hell of a lot went right for LSU in this football game. No, not at all. Not at all. I mean, yeah. Hooker just throwing bombs out there, man. Dimes. Yes, sir. And Hooker had a hellacious day. The Tennessee defense had a great day. LSU just got beat in mean, every aspect of the game. I mean, they got outplayed. Mm-hmm. Outcoached. They got outcoached. They got beat as far as the crowd goes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Tennessee took that game over as a home crowd. They really did. They really did, man. I've never seen nothing like it. No, I really especially haven't. in the swamp. No. Swamp, you mean Death or Valley? Death Valley, excuse me. Yeah. Yeah. There's gators in the water down there, but this is not a gator stadium. <laughs> yeah, down there, down there in Death Valley, man, you, you never see that happen. No, absolutely not. I mean, it's just LSU was starting to look, win a few games. You're like, well, maybe Brian Kelly is turning something around. He might be a little better than what we think they are. They're not. No, no, they're not. Now, that's not to say that maybe, you know, in a year or two, once Brian Kelly gets his players under his belt, they ain't going to improve. But to me, LSU, do better. <laughs> You're going to have to coach better. 
We're going to have to, to, to game plan better. I'm not going to say a whole lot. South Carolina ain't played Tennessee yet. Well, that's true. But I see what you're saying. I mean, this is LSU. You are still LSU. You were not expected to get smoked no. in games like this. No, I mean, if we want to be honest here, Hendon Hooker stepped up and said, hey, how about putting my name into the Heisman? How about putting my name out there as the number one overall draft pick? He really did. He played a, He played an outstanding game. Tennessee just played outstanding. They, Tennessee's playing good football right now. Yeah. They're just playing really good football week in, week out. Yes. I mean, that Florida game, Florida – Played their asses off. That's about the worst game I've seen Tennessee play this whole year. Yeah. And Tennessee played good that day. Yeah. This no could doubt. be a – Tennessee's a legit threat in the SEC right now. They really are. As much as it pains me to say it. But at the same time, I honestly – I'm a Carolina fan, so, I'm, of course, I'm a little biased there. Right. I'm not a big Tennessee fan, but at the same time, you can't help but almost be happy for them because this fan base, man, ever since they had that natty, Mm-hmm. Back in what was it, '98? Probably before then, shit. I think it was '98 or '97. I'm thinking about '96, '97 ish. I'm thinking. But ever since they had their natty, this team, I mean, how many years have they just got their hopes up and gotten devastated and start off? 3-0, 4-0, and then go on a four-game losing streak. The Butch Jones era. Good Lord, <laughs> that was a tough time for them. Butch Jones era, man. I mean, Lane Kiffin era. Yeah. But they actually had a decent year with Lane Kiffin, and he just left them high and dry. Yeah. There's no love lost there. Absolutely not. They, Absolutely. they got a mustard bottle with his name on it. <laughs> mustard a, ketchup. And a golf ball. Mustard ketchup, golf balls, bars of soap, you name it. Yeah. Everything but the kitchen sink, only because they can't pack it in. No doubt, man. So, all in all, I'm actually excited for Tennessee. Oh, absolutely. But that being said, on to the next one. Auburn and Georgia. 42 to 10 is really the only thing that you got to say. Georgia dominated this game again. Auburn. Didn't show up again. No. They played They played about a quarter and a half, two quarters. But it's four quarters in a game. Yeah. I don't know. Auburn's just lost right now. I never thought I'd see the day where I said Auburn's the bottom bottom feeder to SEC. I never think I never thought they would come a time that Auburn would be the Vandy of the West. I think Vandy could take Auburn right now. I do too. I honestly, I honestly see that. Yeah. So, Auburn, I don't know what's going on. If you're an Auburn fan, I'm thinking of y'all. All right. I know <laughs> this is a tough time, but listen, we're going to get through this. <laughs> we're going to get through this. All right. May take a lot of liquor drinks. We'll get through it. You're talking to a South Carolina fan. All right. We all know how. <laughs> 2019 and 2020 went. Listen to me. We're going to get through this. <laughs> One step at a time. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Just have you a nice, good little beverage. Smoke your cigar. Do whatever you got to do. Mm-hmm. Might want to put a little extra time in on the grill. 
enjoy the little things right now. Just Absolutely. enjoy the little things. Absolutely. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, coming up next, we got Ole Miss and Vandy. Vandy kept this game very interesting for the first half. They really did. They played. They played their asses off, and I'm be honest with you. This score does not reflect how close this game was because there was some running to score up at the end of this game. Mm-hmm. Lane Kiffin was sweating bullets. Oh yeah, he was worried. I mean, they got a couple key takeaways at the end of the game, and Lane Kiffin took full advantage of that to put some quick points on the board oh, yeah. to try to stat pad a little bit. Vanderbilt was in this ball game. Yeah. Vanderbilt had Ole Miss on the ropes for a good majority of this ball game. Oh, yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, it just seemed like this game was going back and forth, back and forth from time to time. I mean, it was a very fun game to watch. And I, just, I just hate that it ended that way with all the turnovers and Kiffin running the score up. But, I mean, if you're going to do it, why not put points on the board? Don't don't take your foot off the gas. Yeah, I mean at the same time you're a number nine team, so you got to try to do something to keep your keep your ranking. Yeah. So besides that, I just I don't know. I really don't know what to think of Ole Miss right now after that game. Ole Miss. I was very impressed with what Ole Miss was able to do last week versus Kentucky in that defense. But after this week here, I don't – I really don't know what my take on Ole Miss is. <coughs> Excuse me, y'all. <coughs> you good? Yep. Yep. <laughs> you drink? I ain't got one. <laughs> I knew I was missing something. That got blocked. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, Ole Miss, I just – I don't know because it's like you said, one week they'll look really good and next week – they really make me ask some questions. But all in all, they are undefeated. Make no mistake about it. Yeah. So, whether you win by an inch or win by a mile, it wins a win. Yeah. So. As long as as long as you got one point more on the scoreboard at the end of the game, that's all that matters. I just hope they don't let this top ten ranking go to their head. And I feel like that's a lot of what happened this past weekend. Yeah. I could agree with that. But also, with all due respect, guys, Vanderbilt, we all laughed. Hey. <laughs> Clark Lee, <laughs> for the season started, SEC Media Days, and it's all about making Vandy a powerhouse SEC football team. And don't get me wrong, they ain't no powerhouse. They ain't no powerhouse by no means. They ain't quite there yet. But if you look at how they were two years ago under Derek Mason in 2020, mm-hmm. then you look at last year, and then you look at this year, there's progress. A lot of progress. And they ain't, they're playing wrestling. They ain't backing up. They're nobody. No, they're playing with a lot of heart. And heart can win a lot of ball games that that you otherwise couldn't have won. Absolutely. I mean, if you're a team in the SEC East besides Georgia that has not played Vandy yet, you you got to worry a little bit. Oh, yeah. I, hell, I'll be honest. I ain't even going to say Georgia. Georgia, I mean, the way they looked last couple weeks. You can't cross Vandy off on their schedule. No, not at all. Vandy is one of those scary teams right now that any given Saturday, they can put up a W on the board, no matter who they're playing. They really could. They really could. This is, this is the kind of team that 
they're fighting to get the six wins. They're fighting, doing everything they can to try to get the bowl eligibility. They might not make it, but they could very damn well ruin somebody else's season in the process. Absolutely. Misery loves company. That's right. Well, we're going to save the best for last. We're going <laughs> to skip that game. We're going to do Texas A&M and Alabama real quick. <sighs> jumbo, jumbo, jumbo. I'm not even going to call you Jimbo right now. I'm going to call you Jimbo. This game came down to the wire. Fourth quarter, with I believe it was two, maybe three minutes left to go in the game. You're down there close. Fourth down. You decide that you want to try to go for it, which is all well and good. You get a penalty. A holding call. Or no, it was an offside. All start. You go to line it up again to go for it again, which is taking more time off the clock. You don't have time out. You get another false start. Then you decide to kick it. If you would have went for the field goal to begin with, that would have saved you more time. You could have got at least one more play down there in the end zone before the game was over. That should have made it a lot closer than what it was. You could have saved yourself a little bit more opportunity yep. for this ball game. But <coughs> This game also showed me something, though. It impressed me a little bit with Texas A&M. I mean, defense really came out and looked well. Mm-hmm. The offense, the rushing game and the offense looked pretty decent. Haynes King, Hayes King, whatever his name is, he looked great. Yep. Best game he's but played all year. Alabama, man. Without Bryce Young, looks very, very, very moral. They do. And Tennessee coming up this week. If I'm Nick Saban, I'm hoping like hell Bryce Young's healthy. Yeah. Or I'm sweating some serious bullets. Oh, absolutely, man. Absolutely. If you would have saw his press conference today, or was it yesterday? One of those days, and they asked him the question about Bryce Young, you should have seen the fear and worry in his eyes. It was ridiculous. Well, after this past week, man, I mean, I guarantee it because you're number one in the nation. You're number two now. Mm Mm-hmm. But you was number one in the nation, and you're playing a Tennessee team that's full steam ahead. Yep. You're playing a hungry Tennessee team that's got hope. Yep. Hope in her eyes. Yep. I mean, this is not a game you want to come into not 100%. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. As far as this team, you know, even this crowd following, you know, following their team into places, I mean – Home or away, this team almost has home field advantage. This Tennessee team. Exactly. And on top of all this, Alabama beat Texas A&M at home. Yep. Barely. Yep. You got to go to Nayland Stadium. I think it was called Nayland Stadium. I can't. The mobile. I can't think. Nayland Stadium. That place is going to be shaking. (laughs) You ain't kidding. Number one coming to visit. If they're if they're playing if a crowd like that is going to Baton Rouge, can you imagine what that home stadium is going to sound like? Well, we're going to feel the earthquake down here. We are. <laughs> I'll tell you so. Bama, congratulations on your win, Texas A&M. I don't know. We're going to find out about y'all in two weeks, so I'm sure. So, that being said, last. But certainly not least, 
How about those Gamecocks taking down number 13 in the nation, Kentucky, in Lexington. Big rivalry game. Bad blood between the coaches. A lot of uncertainties. You got injuries on the offense on Kentucky. You're losing your start quarterback. But you know what? South Carolina ain't got a secondary. No. They ain't had a secondary since week two. No, they've got a freshman secondary. True freshman secondary. Yeah. So, I don't want to hear about injuries. <laughs> don't want to hear shit about it. Not to mention injuries at the linebacker position, injuries on the defensive line, injuries at, at running back. Christian Bill Smith. Yeah. Injuries on the offensive line. Yeah. Don't want to hear it. No. The injury is not a good excuse. South Carolina wins this game 24-14. Honestly, it could have been 24-7. Kentucky put one up right there at the end in garbage time. Well, let's be honest. If it wasn't for a couple of bad plays, this could have been a 30-point game. Oh, it absolutely could have. I mean, hell, South Carolina left. Numerous scores on the field just yeah. off of bad decisions. Bad decisions, uh, fumble. Yeah, fumbles, interceptions. Yep. I mean, realistically, this could have very well been a 38-14 win yeah. for South Carolina. So you got that. You got that there. But at the same time, Kentucky also left a lot on the table. I mean, they had a lot of opportunities they missed out on. Yep. Did some very boneheaded things throughout the game. I mean, starting the game off with a trick play. <laughs> I don't know what in the hell that was. That was that wouldn't put in faith in that uh, freshman quarterback. I honestly feel like that was Stoops feeling the pressure. When you make comments about another coach, when you insult another man, that's when it gets personal. And when you got a team like South Carolina that's coming into this game with nothing to lose, no pressure whatsoever. If you're Kentucky, you just lost the game last week, an SEC game. So at this point, you're like, you're thinking, "Oh man, we got to win." Mm-hmm. You got a lot of stress on your shoulders because you're trying to still contend for that number two spot in the East. You're trying to hell, maybe, hopefully, find a way to get an SEC championship out the season somehow. At least get a title appearance, right? You still got a lot left on your slate. South Carolina, you've already lost to Georgia. You've already lost to Arkansas. I mean, at that point, any hopes that the SEC's lost. Right. At this point, you're just going out and you're just trying to win every Saturday. You're just trying to win. You're living week to week. That makes you very dangerous. Yep. And we mentioned last week how Shane Beamer was real loose all week last week coming into the game. It's not like you didn't have a care in the world. Right. And this football team played that way. Absolutely. Absolutely, man. They played like they were having fun. They really did. There were some things I didn't like yeah. out there in the first half. I mean, Spencer Rattler, that fumble, you hated to see that. You hated to see the interception. And he just he really looked uncomfortable that first half. Yeah. You see a play call on fourth down. I think it's fourth and three. And he tried to run the ball out the shotgun. Sitting there just saying, and I mean, the defense had the box loaded. Oh, yeah. You're just sitting there saying, what the hell, man? Oh, I mean, I, I'd i be scared to check my blood pressure at that time. <laughs> I, I really thought the remote was going through the TV at that point. But you came out in the second half, and all credit to him. I mean, Satterfield changed the play call to damn near a complete 180. I mean, that reverse was a brilliant play. Mm-hmm. That wide receiver screen out there in the flats. I hate, hate, hate 
those damn little passes out in the flats. What the hell they call them? The damn. I can't even think. Yeah, just throw it to the wheel route. Whatever you yeah, wheel route. I can't think. <laughs> I can't think off the top of it. It ain't a wheel route. It's not a wheel route. But um, anyways, got a touchdown out of that out of Juice Wells. Mm-hmm. But what I noticed about South Carolina offense is they started playing under center. And when they went under center, to me, Spencer rattled like a whole different player. You really did? I mean, I, I honestly felt like when they went under center, I started seeing some of that five-star potential. People yeah. talked about it. He looked great. He was going through the reads. He was really great in the pocket, moving around a little bit, but not getting out of the pocket too soon. Just looked great under yep. center. Yep. And the rushing attack went berserk. It really did. And just sitting here thinking about it, I think a lot of why Spencer Rattler looked totally different under center was he didn't actually have time to, to sit back there and, you know, try to read. He, it was, he had to get the ball off. He could sit there for a minute, you know, kind of go through one or two or three progressions and then get the ball off. He didn't have time to, to try to dance around and, you know, watch where the blitz was coming from. I don't know, some just do a lot better under center, man. I mean, mm-hmm. And under center also, Spencer Ryan is the kind of quarterback where he likes to move around. He don't like being still. Right. You play under center, man. I mean, you're moving the whole time. Yeah. You got to drop all the way back to the pocket. Then you got to sit there, move around, and navigate through the pocket, find your receivers real fast, get your reads done, throw. Yeah. The wind is a lot slower, more up pace. Yeah. He really, really looked good. But I'll tell you another one who has just really surprised me these last couple weeks is Marshawn Lloyd. Oh, yeah. He has come out of his shell, finally. The SEC leading touchdown running back. Absolutely, man. I mean, he just runs the ball. Outstanding. Just the way he moves he around. He runs angry. He does. He really does. He reminds me a lot of uh, 2020, Kevin Harris. Yeah. There's only one thing that really bothers me a little bit, though. He likes to dance a little bit too much. Yeah. He does a little too much dancing in the backfield sometimes. Not a big fan of that. But to his credit, when they were under center, that's more about the shotgun. With shot the shotgun, I mean, you're getting the ball handed to and your feet aren't even moving yet, really. Yeah. When they ran the ball under center, man, he ran the ball so much more efficiently, yes. too. I mean, which Harris did. Yeah. You get the ball under center, you just, you're going. It's yeah. down, that is old school downhill running. Yep. Yeah. That's what they do with Marcus Lattimore back in the day. So if they could stay in the center, I think I think the year's gonna go a whole lot more smoother. Yeah, now when you say I wouldn't even say stay on the center a whole game, but find a way to incorporate that yeah. on a weekly basis. Yeah. Go back to the one back or hell go back to the eye formation. That I would love to see a fullback. Especially uh, Nate Adkins. Oh yeah. He would look he'd be a hellacious fullback or twitty. Yeah, DJ Twitty would be out of a fullback, too. But a lot of positive things for that Carolina game. Like I said, there's always a few negatives. You can always find a few things to take away. But at the same time, if you're South Carolina, you got your first ranked opponent win under the Shane Beamer era. Your first road win under the Shane Beamer era. You got your first road win. No, it's not the first road win. It's the first road win. First SEC road win. It's not the first road win. They beat Eastern Carolina last year. Yeah, you're right. You're right. That's the head first. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Stay in your lane, sir. <laughs> but uh, 
you got your first SEC road win. You got your first ranked win under Shane Beamer. And you beat a top 15 team in the nation on the road. When's the last time South Carolina did that? I couldn't tell you. It's been a long damn time. Yeah. It's been a long damn time. It's been too long. Yeah. So, I mean, you just – and you got a bye week this week. So, you're taking that momentum into the bye week with you. Wins like this here can turn a whole season around. They can do a lot of things. Am I going to say South Carolina's going to go on a tear through the second half of the year and go undefeated? Probably not. No. But – I think this is going to do a lot of positive things for this program. Yeah, absolutely. And it always helps with recruiting when one of your biggest points is culture. And the man who preached to you about how he established a culture and Carolina had a climate, well, <laughs> didn't work out too well. No, not at all. So you got to look at it from the recruiting standpoint, too. Yeah, you really the kids do. watch that game and going to say, well, one of these guys seems pretty sincere. One of them seems kind of full of crap. Absolutely. And that video in the locker room after the fact, I think, is going to get a lot of kids talking, too. What the hell was that? What was that? Was that the <laughs> twist? Was he? I don't, I don't know what dance that was. We'll call that the Shane Beamer special. We'll call that the Beamer. The Beamer. <laughs> I like it. Oh. <laughs> I don't know, man, but... uh. That's all we got, guys, for these uh, reviews of the games this past week. We tried to mention the up injuries and update them as we went through. We'll let you guys know more as soon as we know it. But uh, hopefully we'll talk with you Thursday. Yes, sir. Either tomorrow Thursday, one of the two. Get this week's predictions out. Yeah, anything you want to add? No, sir. No, sir. I think I'm good to go. I'm just ready to, to get another football game. On the TV, ready to get something else smoking on the grill. Absolutely, man. With all that being said, till next time, guys, hit us up on the Facebook, on the Twitter, Instagram, like, message, whatever you want to do, man. We're here for you. With all that being said, keep those drinks cold and let's keep those chains moving. <laughs>